inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Friday, July the 8th, 2022. Praise be to God, you have survived it. You have made it through the entire week. Congratulations. The weekend is nigh upon you, or is it upon you? I guess nigh means no. So it's upon you. Praise be to God. You're just hours away from enjoying the rest of your weekend, and hopefully it'll be a good one. We do have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, the anti-Mary has truly been exposed. Have you, have you seen some of these insanely demonic-looking images of protesters who are so irate and upset at the overturning of Roe v. Wade, in spite of the fact that they can still get abortions in so many places, even up to birth, uh, in spite of it all, they are uh, covering themselves in blood and disfiguring themselves in diabolical ways. And I think it does accentuate what Dr. Carrie Gress wrote about in her book, The Anti-Mary Exposed. So we've invited her back on the program today to have that very discussion. She's going to be on with us at 35 past the hour. And then here's the question. Why is the China-Vatican deal so bad? Because it is bad. And uh, we're going to be discussing that at 15 past the hour. Of course, uh, I was just reading this morning on The Pillar. One senior diplomatic official told The Pillar that within the Secretary of State at the Vatican, uh, it was generally acknowledged that the Vatican-China deal was a failure but one they were committed to because of Pope Francis's personal support for the project. So we're going to discuss that at 15 past the hour. Uh, President Joe Biden's administration, just so you know, has sold 950 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a Chinese state-owned company that has financial ties to a private equity firm co-founded by his son, Hunter Biden, all while you're paying a premium at the gas pump. So enjoy that. For the past nine months, U.S. health officials have been flying or driving minors from Texas shelters to other states so that they could obtain abortions. And oh, by the way, Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order yesterday uh, saying, listen, anybody coming across the border into Texas should be returned to the border, and Texas officials will be doing that starting today. Boris Johnson resigned in the U.K. Uh, Jap Japan's former prime minister uh, died by a gunshot that he received while giving a campaign speech. God rest his soul. Actor James Kahn passed away yesterday, so it was a busy day, and there's a lot to cover in the news today. And guess what, Rudy? What is the greatest thing, uh, you know, when waking up? The best part of you, waking up. You got it. You nailed it. It's Folgers yeah. in yeah. your cup. Guess what's in the kitchen today? What is it? Folgers. Oh, yeah. The, from the Carrig. Does it taste great? Ugh. Man, good stuff. Is it really the best part of waking No, it's not, oh, but that's okay. I like the tagline anyway. <laughs> so what's on your radar today, Rudy? Well, uh, well, there's a lot of news to get through. Um, then later today, I'm going to be releasing the uh, the Memory Hold News segment, which is oh, a yes. segment dedicated to mm -hmm. all the different news stories yeah. that you're probably yeah. going to forget about, uh, but probably. you should probably keep remembering. Yeah, you, should, you, you ought to. Hey, good news, bad news then. Talk uh, about memory holes. Mm, uh, okay, uh, good news. Uh, I get to send an email out today, and maybe I can include your memory hole. Oh, nice. 
Why? You didn't send it yesterday? The bad news is I failed oh, to send it yesterday. Dang. Well, you're excused. So, it was your birthday. Uh, is that is that the excuse? Yep. Okay. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. And I would ask that, uh, you know, if you're if you're thinking about today, say a prayer for my roommate, Josh Patterson, mm. who's getting married tomorrow. So he's getting married uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So congratulations to Josh Patterson. Yeah. I'm very excited for you and your soon-to-be wife. It's going to be great. Say a prayer for him if you think about it today. And also, I'm um, just saying, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not salty at all. Not even no. a little salty. No. Not the slightest bit of salt. Okay. Um, but I was not asked to serve at his wedding. I'm just what? saying. Um, uh, not, that I, not that I care. It's not, uh, not, not that you're holding Whatever. a grudge. Not, you're not even thinking about I, it, really. Really? Like, I didn't, I, there was what? a wedding? I, I didn't even think about what? it. You know, it's whatever. I don't well, I was busy anyway. I thought I, I saw something on the calendar about a wedding. But yeah, you know, whatever. whatever. I don't what? care. Whatever. He didn't invite you. <laughs> so, but otherwise, say hey, a prayer for him. Did I tell you I'm going to be altar serving at a wedding this weekend? Did I mention that? <laughs> I, I thought you were no? forbidden from serving ever again <laughs> after that last incident. We shouldn't say certain things out loud. That's, you know, just anyway. We're teasing, of After course. After the thurible incident. We, yeah, the thurible. It was very <laughs> thurible. Hey, congratulations, Josh, and his uh, fiance. Praise be to God. We're going to be praying for your marriage and your incredible wedding this weekend. And for all of you, uh, if you have birthdays or weddings or anniversaries and you would like us to include them in our prayers, you can always send us an email with those intentions. Uh, you can go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can find Adrian's contact information there, which you can tweet out to the world and, and anything else you'd like to do. And then send him also your Spam intentions. It. And we will be happy Dox me. to include, don't do that. We'll be happy to include your intentions in our prayers as well. Speaking of which, let's pray. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, July 8th, and here are your headline news this morning. The AP reports Texas governor authorizes state to return migrants to the border. Governor Greg Abbott on Thursday authorized state forces to apprehend migrants and return them to the U.S.-Mexico border. The announcement comes two days after former Trump administration official and sheriffs in several South Texas uh, towns called Abbott called on Abbott to declare what they have called an invasion. It really is an invasion. It's the worst border crisis in, in history, really. And they ask to use extraordinary powers normally reserved for war. Breitbart reports lockdown fatigue, Chinese companies moving supply chains out of China. The Chinese technology company Xiaomi announced announced the delivery of its first made-in-Vietnam phone headsets this week, the latest Chinese company to move manufacturing power out of its home country in light of the Communist Party's seemingly endless Chinese coronavirus lockdowns. The Washington Examiner reports protesting Dutch farmers reject government's terms for dialogue. Dutch farmers started massive protests in June following the passage of a proposal in Parliament that sought to cut damaging pollutants drastically. The measures intended to slash nitrogen oxide and ammonia could force farmers to reduce their livestock greatly or lose their livelihoods altogether. 
They say the honest message is that not all farmers can continue their business, the government said in a June statement. In its letter to the Dutch government, the association explained its, its, uh, explained its members are open to w and willing to enter into negotiations, but not on the grounds that the government has laid out. It rejected the offer on the grounds that the government isn't showing willingness to discuss a change in goals or principles as seen in parliamentary discussions uh, regarding the affair. And LiveSite reports Mississippi becomes latest state to ban abortion throughout every stage of pregnancy. Mississippi has become the largest state to ban most abortions on Thursday when its post-Roe v. Wade trigger law went into effect. The 2000 law, 2007 law rather, prohibits abortions except in cases of rape reported to law enforcement or when necessary to save the mother's life. Mississippi's only abortion facility, Jackson Women's Health Organization, has ceased committing abortions, praise be to God. The facility is inadvertently responsible for its new situation as its lawsuit against the state's 15-week abortion ban led to the case in which the court ultimately ruled against Roe. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a super cool saint. There's a couple reasons for that. Let me know when you find out why that is. The saint of the day is Blessed Adrian Fortescue, born in 1476, the House of Fortescue, into which Adrian was born, is said to date from the Battle of Hastings, where Richard, Richard Lafort saved William the Conqueror's life by the shelter of his, quote, strong shield, and thereafter was called Fort Askew. His family had a history of service to the crown. The first mention of Adrian Fortescue is in 1499, by which time, aged about 23, he was already married to Anne Stoner. He lived at his wife's family seat at Stoner Park in Oxfordshire. Adrian was made a Knight of the Order of Bath. He took the motto, Loyal Pense. His, loyal, his loyalty was indeed to be tested. Like his forebears, Adrian served King Henry VIII in his ambitious military campaigns. He helped to rout the French in the Battle of Spurs in 1513 and fought again in 1523. Closer to home, Sir Adrian was made a Justice of the Peace of the country or the County of Oxfordshire, and in the period of history, royal favor could also take more peculiar forms. In addition to being an assiduous servant of the crown, he was evidently also a man of strong religious conviction and charity. His accounts reveal a number of benefactions to clergy and religious foundations. In 1532, he became a Knight of Devotion in the Order of Malta. The following year, in July of 1533, he was admitted as a Dominican tertiary at Blackfriars, Oxford, where he would visit from Stoner. He also had a strong association with the Dominican Priory in London. His lodging and the capital were in the precincts of the Blackfriars. At the start of summer 1533, he assisted in the coronation of his cousin Anne Boleyn, then six months pregnant, as Queen of England. He must have realized that the marriage was not valid, but perhaps thought at this stage at least that in the words of Sir Thomas More, it was not his business to murmur at it or dispute upon it. This narrow compromise was to prove short-lived. The king's infidelity and presumption were rebuked when the pope refused to grant an annulment, declaring Henry's marriage to, be, to Catherine as valid on the 23rd of March, 1534. The following month, 13th of April, Bishop Fisher and Sir Thomas More refused to take the oath of secession. 
Sir Adrian was similarly arrested the same year, but he was released without explanation around spring 1535. The Act of Supremacy was also passed in 1535, making Henry supreme head of the church, immediately under God. As a matter of law, Henry expressly denied the Pope's authority. A writ affirming this and dated the following year can be found in Sir Adrian's extant missal. Tellingly, it has with a line struck through it, apparently evidence of his disapproval. In February 1539, Sir Adrian was again arrested and imprisoned in the Tower of London, and in sitting in the Parliament that spring, a number of laws were passed, in which he had been described as the most servile parliamentary session in history. Among the draconian laws enacted was a novel provision whereby a sentence of death might be passed without any trial. Under this procedure, no evidence was needed, neither could a defense be heard. The device was put to use on the 11th of May, 1535, when a bill of attender was passed condemning 50 people of high treason who opposed Henry's ecclesiastical policies. The names included Sir Adrian, Reginald Cardinal Pole, and the Countess of Salisbury. One later account neatly put it, Sir Adrian Fortescue died for his faith in him whose acts Parliament would not, was not competent to repeal. Pope Leo XII declared Adrian Fortescue blessed on the 13th of May, 1895. Blessed Adrian Fortescue, pray for us. Hmm, what could be super special? I don't know. Uh, Adrian Fortescue. I don't. I don't get it, Adrian. I don't understand what the connection it's is. Mystery. There. At any rate, praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Jesus said to his apostles, "Behold." I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But be aware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake, as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at the moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father to his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated because of my name. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen, I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Did you catch that? He who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. Have I have I made that clear? Maybe you should listen again. He who endures to the end will be saved. Let's meditate upon that. More coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Whenever Christians judge some behavior to be immoral, we're often hit with Matthew 7, 1, where Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. 
But this is a misreading of the text because just a few verses later in verse 5, he gives us precise instruction on how to judge. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus, therefore, is not saying that we can't judge a behavior to be immoral. His point is that we need to have a forgiving and merciful attitude toward others as God has toward us. And when we do judge a behavior to be wrong and encourage our brother to avoid it, we need to make sure that we're first a credible witness living an upright life. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. The Auntie Mary Exposed, Dr. Carrie Grass, is going to be our guest coming up at 35 past the hour. Oh boy, just seeing these images coming out of these protests, they were really upset about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It's, uh, you can see the, the demonic influence in this. And I really feel like Dr. Carrie Grass's book, The Auntie Mary Exposed, illustrates this perfectly so we're going to have that conversation coming up at 35 past the hour by the way happy birthday to one of our cdt insiders Lori. praise be to god uh happy birthday to you tomorrow hopefully you're going to enjoy your day tomorrow um and thank you for being a part of our show by the way uh there are as i say lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me and i'm sure they are to you as well and uh, the china vatican deal is definitely a story of great concern to me and there was a couple of articles about this today. In fact, The Pillar has an article out, The Price of Pope Francis's Long View on China. It's a very detailed and lengthy article. I would encourage you to check it out over at The Pillar. And one of the key takeaways was not only Cardinal Zen warning them, you know, hey, uh, bad things are happening over here. The China deal's not working out for us. Now he's been arrested, and the EU Parliament's trying to beg for his release. Uh, the former head of missions in Hong Kong, who is now leaving and retiring, is like, listen, very bad days are coming. Prepare yourself now. That was in the article. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, someone tipped off the pillar from inside the Secretary of State at the Vatican that uh, the China deal is considered a failure from inside the Secretary of State at the Vatican, but they maintain it nonetheless because... Uh, the Pope likes the project. So that's the Pillar article. Again, don't take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. It's good reportage, and you should check it out. But here uh, is another article from the Catholic News Agency that I think summarizes things pretty pretty well. Here's the headline. Human rights advocates respond after Pope Francis says Vatican-China deal, quote, moving well, unquote. Hmm. Human rights advocates have raised concerns about heightened restrictions on Christians in China after Pope Francis expressed hope that the Holy See's agreement with Beijing may be renewed in the fall. Nearly four years after the Holy See entered into an agreement with Chinese authorities in September 2018, Pope Francis told Reuters in an interview published this week that he believes, quote, the, the agreement is moving well, close quote. Human rights advocates disagree. Nina Shea, the director of the Center for Religious Freedom at the Hudson Institute, told CNA on July 6th that since the agreement was signed in 2018, 
quote, the CCP has all but destroyed the Catholic underground church and tightened conformity with its teachings over the patriotic church, close quote. Going on to say, quote, the six new Episcopal appointments used to justify the Beijing agreement are offset by the detention, arrest, and disappearance of six Vatican-recognized Catholic bishops, close quote, Shea said. Yeah, how's that deal working out? The article goes on to say, quote, children are now banned from churches and exposure to religion. Bibles are tightly restricted and censored on the Internet and in app stores. Churches are blanketed with high-tech state surveillance. Priests and Christian leaders are forced into lifelong indoctrination on Christianity according to communist thought and required to actively support CCP practices, leadership, and core values, even in their sermons, close quote, she added. Bishop Paul Lay Xiun of Leshan, one of the illegitimately ordained Chinese bishops, did you catch that? One of the illegitimately ordained Chinese bishops whose excommunication was lifted after the Vatican and China signed the agreement, recently celebrated the birth of the Chinese Communist Party in his local cathedral on June 29th on the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. You know, I don't really love uh, themed masses anyway, just in general. You know, it's, I, I don't know. It's Not just him. me. Hey, it's just me. Doesn't, you know, whatever. But when you're celebrating the birth of communist China, like even that's like a lower level than, say, I don't know, today is bring your pet in day or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it just seems like in general you probably wouldn't want to celebrate the birth of an anti-Catholic, anti-Christ regime that persecutes its own people. Uh, puts them in gulags, harvests their organs, uh, slave labor, all the rest. You probably wouldn't want to celebrate that. That's probably not something worth celebrating. Some you know anti-God, you know destroyer of church on earth. Uh, it's probably not something to be celebrated at a holy mass. But nonetheless, this is what the now uh, no longer excommunicated bishop has done. The article goes on to say Catholics who attend the ceremony in the Cathedral of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in Lashon were invited to, quote, listen to the word of the party. Wow. Feel the grace of the party and follow the party, close quote, according to Asian News. Listen to the word of the party. You know, I, I mentioned earlier this week that I had watched A Hidden Life uh, over the weekend with my wife, and um, in that film, it depicts his his local village, all Catholic. The priest, you know, basically, he went to the priest to say, "Hey, listen, I don't think I can go along with this whole Nazi thing. I don't think I can, you know, participate. I can't serve in their army. I'd be participating in evil, and I can't certainly swear an oath to Adolf Hitler." who's doing evil things. I can't do this in good conscience. What should I do, Father? And Father encouraged him to serve the fatherland. And then he goes to the bishop, saying the same thing, begging for insight and help. And the bishop, afraid that, uh, that this man was a spy, told him to serve the fatherland. That's what this reminds me of. You know, we have a conscience that we can't participate in evil in spite of any consequences that we may have to suffer as a result of that. And many in China are, in fact, suffering because they realize that we owe God adoration 
and we shall not betray God, even if it means we have to suffer some. And But there are many in China who are, in fact, not willing to suffer and not willing to toe that line. And this China deal seems to be jeopardizing that even further. The article will go on to say, quote, since the deal was reached, things have gone from bad to worse for Catholics in China, according to Reggie Littlejohn. Little John is the president of Women's Rights Without uh, Frontiers, an aid and advocacy organization that works with women on the ground in China. The organization was founded in response to forced abortion and sterilization under China's one-child policy. She said that the secrecy of the China-Vatican deal has been used to bludgeon faithful Chinese Catholics, close quote. Little John uh, called on the Vatican to release the text of the Holy See's pro- provisional agreement with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, which has been kept secret uh, since the agreement was made back in 2018. Quote, faithful Catholics cannot defend themselves or their church because they do not have access to this secret deal, close quote, she said. When discussing the Holy See's diplomacy with China, Pope Francis said that, quote, Diplomacy is the art of the possible and of doing things to make the possible become a reality, close quote. Shea responded, quote, It's difficult to see how the Pope can possibly succeed in the art of diplomacy when dealing with a force as evil as the CCP. I think the Vatican should be uh, energetically bolstering the underground church and speaking up for human rights, not making accommodations with the CCP and self-censoring on important on important moral issues, she said. New Chinese government measures, which came into effect on June the 1st, also placed the financial management of places of worship and religious donations under the control of the United Front Work Department. The United Front has the task of ensuring that groups outside of the CCP, such as uh, Xinjiang Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, Hong Kong democracy activists, and the Catholic Patriotic Association are following the party line. Xi Jinping has called the United Front Work Department one of his, quote, magic weapons, close quote, used to co-opt and control. We've seen video coming out of China of churches being burnt down, of crucifixes being removed from the wall, and Xi Jinping's portrait being put up. Not the word of God displayed, but the word of Xi Jinping instead on the walls. The Communist Party propaganda being placed everywhere as that bishop, as I quoted just a few minutes ago, wants us to listen to the word of the party versus the word of God. Very interesting. Asia News goes on to say they report that under the new measures, religious groups, finances and operations will be monitored by the government. Catholic priests who minister in China legally are required to sign a, pr- a paper in which they promise to support the Communist Party in China. They are only allowed to minister and recognize places of worship in which minors under the age of 18 are not allowed to enter. Could you imagine not being able to take your kids to Holy Mass? I mean, this would be intolerable for a faithful Catholic. There's no possibility Because our first and primary goal as parents is to help our children obtain heaven. As much as we want them to grow up and have a great life, be well-educated, have a nice job, a fancy car, nice clothes, live in a wonderful home in a neighborhood, have good friends, drink fine wines, eat good foods. As nice as all of that is, 
I mean, just think about the Instagram pictures that we're going to see someday of our great-grandkids. I mean, this is all wonderful and all, but if they do not obtain heaven, then it is pointless and empty, right? Well, imagine if you can't take them to the church and baptize them, uh, confirm them, watch them receive First Holy Communion, go to confession on a frequent basis. How do Catholics put up with this? That's the question. And furthermore, why is the Vatican so interested in this Vatican-China deal that even though the word is, according to that report over at the pillar, that it is not a good deal, it is a failed deal, but nonetheless they persist in this, who is getting the benefit here? How is it benefiting the local people, the local Catholics? Uh, Cardinal Zen has warned that this is not supporting them, it's not good for them. The, uh, the director of missions has warned that b the worst days are still to come, things are getting worse and they're going to be worse, and he uh, warned them to prepare. And nonetheless, we're about to see the deal resign. Uh, the article goes on to say, Hong Kong's Cardinal Joseph Zen, a vocal critic of the Vatican-China deal, will face trial in September, along with four other prominent democracy advocates. The European Parliament is set to discuss Zen's arrest in regard to human rights and rule of law on July 7th. The resolution calls for the Hong Kong government to drop all charges against the retired bishop of Hong Kong. The resolution also calls on the Vatican to strengthen its diplomatic efforts and its leverage on Chinese authorities to demand Cardinal Zen's unconditional release and the end of persecution and human rights violations in China. Um, I would encourage you to read these articles for yourself, the one at CNA and the one at the Pillar. There's a lot of information there. And the rumors, the rumors have been, swore, uh, you know, everywhere they've been there for a few years now that it's a huge financial deal money flowing from ccp to the vatican is it true i certainly hope it's not i hope that rumor is completely fake news is it i have no idea but it doesn't sound like whatever the deal is it's very good for the catholics in china let's pray we'll be right back Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, AveMariaLaw.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, Thanks are the highest form of thought. At the sacrifice of the Mass, we hear the priest say, We do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Always and everywhere. Have we ever really thought about that? If we were always thankful to God, always and everywhere, what would our lives be like? Chesterton says, we should always endeavor to wonder at the permanent thing, not at the mere exception. We should be startled by the sun, not by the eclipse. We should wonder less at the earthquake and wonder more at the earth. Thanks are the highest form of thought. Maybe that's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Chesterton. Org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. This one from Breitbart. 
The headline reads, Uvalde police officer had shooter in rifle sight before entering school, university report finds. The 24-page document, Rob Elementary School Attack Response Assessment and Recommendations, lays blame squarely on local law enforcement, with little to no mention of other agencies responding to the scene. A Uvalde police officer reported that he was at the crash site and observed the suspect carrying a rifle prior to the suspect entering the West Hall exterior door. The police officer was armed with a rifle and sighted in to shoot the attacker. However, he asked his supervisor for permission to shoot. The officer did not hear a response and turned to get confirmation from his supervisor. Now, when he turned back to address the suspect, the suspect had already entered the West Hall exterior door at 11.33 a.m. The Epic Times reports vaccine mandates abortion advocacy and LGBT-inclusive language debated at Teachers Union Convention. About 6,000 delegates of the National Education Association, who collectively represent more than 3 million employees in public education, convened in Chicago. Discussing business items, a delegate from California called on the NEA to publicly stand in defense of abortion and reproductive rights, so-called. If adopted, the NEA would encourage members to participate in activities including rallies and demonstrations, lobbying and political campaigns, educational events and other actions to support the right to so-called right to abortion, contraception, and a person's decision about their health. NEA is a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender non-conforming folks will fight against these attacks, it explained describing reproductive rights as something not limited to women, but all persons who are able to. Just the News reports ex-Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe dies after being assassinated during speech. And Military.com reports Army cuts off more than 60,000 unvaccinated Guard and Reserve soldiers from pay and benefits. Some 40,000 National Guard and 22,000 Reserve soldiers were refused to be who refused to be vaccinated against COVID-19 are no longer allowed to participate in their military duties, also effectively cutting them off from some of their military benefits, Army officials announced today. Those were your headline news this morning. I love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. The book is called The Anti-Mary Exposed, Rescuing the Culture from Toxic Femininity. And uh, boy, did I ever think about this book this past week when I was seeing some images coming out of protesters uh, who are uh, angry about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, covering themselves in blood and just looking at how they embrace such a deformation of the image and likeness of God and sort of an anti-feminism. It was just mind-boggling to me, and I really thought of this book, The Anti-Mary Exposed. We've invited Dr. Kerry Gress on to have this conversation. Good morning to you, Dr. Gress. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Yeah, praise be to God. Thank you for your time. Um, have you seen, have you been paying attention to some of these images coming out of these <laughs> protesters? Yeah, I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not see them. I mean, it's been um, amazing how widespread it has been. Um, even in the build-up, obviously after the leak of Dobbs and and continuing, and it's it's certainly not abating. Yeah, I mean it's really really bizarre, and you know, yeah. was your book really points out what has what really has happened to women over the past fifty years? Mm -hmm. You know, um, they've had mm -hmm. abortion now for so long, and they yeah. seemingly can't understand how they could live or move on unless they have the mm -hmm. right to murder their unborn children. How do you explain right. this in any other terms other than demonic? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think you could certainly explain it in terms of, of Marxism, because the underlying belief is that work will make you free. And that's what is the impediment. I mean, that's the lie that we've been told is that women are naturally at odds or, you know, children are really an obstacle to our happiness. Um, so that's sort of part of the, the psychological reasoning that goes behind it. But um, in terms of where they've gone with it and the violence of it, I think that's really, you know, the big tell as far as the demonic and, and pagan elements that have really um, kind of taken over. And the sad thing is that, you know, the the reason aspect of abortion just hasn't existed for a long time. We have the science, we, you know, when was the last time you saw a debate between a pro-lifer and a pro-abortion individual? It just, they don't happen because the pro-aborts know they don't have a leg to stand on. So um, what they've had to do is, is really resort to, to violence. And because naturally the act is violent, um, but also because that's the only thing they have. They don't have an appeal to, to reason anymore. So it comes back to sort of a Machiavellian response, which is exactly what we're seeing and why it's why target or Catholics are being so targeted because we're the ones that actually have real reasons and, and a, a real um, stand against this in a way that, that most other churches haven't maintained over the last 50 years. You know, and I just don't understand why a protester covering themselves in blood thinks that's going to wake us up and go, you know what, you're right, we do got to give you abortion. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. It's so it's so absolutely perverse. Like, there was, a, even when the rumors of this was uh, happening, there was that woman in uh, New York, up in New York area, where she was dressed in a bikini and did a mock abortion, and it was yeah. gross and diabolical. I mean, like, I... I fear for these people because I don't think they truly understand what it is they believe and what they do here. The implications yeah. are so eternal. Yeah. No, they have no idea. I mean, I think that that's the reality is that the, um, what, you know, the point I make in my book is that we've been so brainwashed so thoroughly by elite women in this culture, and there's really not a way to navigate through that unless you have faith or unless you have had amazing women in your life who said, no, this is a bunch of lies, and, you know, you need to look in a different direction. But for the most part, a lot of us just have never heard an alternative story, and so it just fits right in with everything that they've been told, everything that celebrities are encouraging them to do. Mm. And so that's really what's what's driving it, is they don't have an alternate way to really consider what womanhood is. Mm. It's funny you mentioned celebrities. I watched a video yesterday of celebrities trying to convince us that eating bugs was the way of the future. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yes. It's yeah. bizarre. No, it's we live horrifying. in bizarre times. Such bizarre right. times. Well, we you know, it. You know, going back to your book, it seems to me that women have been sold a bill of goods. I mean, it makes me mm -hmm. think of the question, uh, are men just so amazing and awesome that that's why women want to be just like them? Yeah, no, and that's kind of the weird thing is is really, and I just I've written several pieces at the Epic Times about this um, in terms of w what women have been told. You know, this this desire to be like men, but at the same time we simultaneously hate them. Um, so it's this <laughs> weird sort of resentment that's that's been brewing. Um, and I, you know, this is the sad thing about what we're seeing also with the trans movement and all this confusion about what it means to be a woman. Um, in fact, I'm working on a book right now on that that very question. Um, but yeah, it's, it's incredibly sad to see what we've been sold and what we've allowed ourselves to fritter away in our lives because of this, you know, holding this masculinity up on, on a, a pedestal. And what about the attacks on Our Lady directly uh, via yeah. the destruction of her statues at various churches around mm -hmm. the country? Um, yeah. why, 
why do they hate Our Lady? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is really at the heart of it is, is what they hate is virginity and they hate motherhood. And she's the virgin mother, so of course they're going to hate her. Um, she is the icon of womanhood and the very thing that they're, they've been told over and over again is bad and the thing that they've been told will, will make them unhappy um, and will, you know, enslave them. So it's those things that they're really embracing is this idea of, of false liberation. Um, and so that's why Our, Our Lady specifically is being attacked. But that's who's been attacked from the very beginning of this movement is, mm. um, you know, the quintessential woman. It's like it. they... Like, they just can't help themselves in so many ways. Like, uh, they're searching. You can tell, like, we're all searching yeah. for something greater than ourselves, like meaning, right? Like, every yeah. human being, I think, is doing that. Uh, but they refuse to look in the one place they'll find it. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. And the sad thing is is that this is a movement that ultimately can only look at what the individual wants. Um, and, again, you see this with the trans movement. You know, I want to become uh, a male even though I'm biologically a female um, that desire is only rooted in sort of the will um, and so this is the very same thing with them they, there isn't a, they don't see God as a as a loving paternal uh, gift to them um, that, that gave them life they don't see any of those things they just see what it is that I want and um, that's really what's what's driving them is is their own wills and not a bigger picture of life Oh, did you see that story down in Australia about the reporter being handed a sign that said Mary should have aborted her child, meaning Jesus? Yes. Uh, it, yeah. No, and that it's it's yeah, it just is so beyond um, the pale. And this is one of the things that I said in the Epic Times is I think that they're they're burning through their credibility with uh, you know the, this extremism because most women probably would have you know our our, our pro feminism would probably have been open to wearing the pink hats and doing the demonstrations and whatnot. But when you really get to this point where you're saying, you know, we have to demonstrate by all these disgusting and even, you know, they're felonies, these things that these women are, are doing or suggesting mm. that women do. Um, you know, I think that's really crossing a line. And I think a lot of women are sort of scratching their heads saying, this isn't really what I signed up for um, in terms of trying to figure out what is what is really equality for women. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They're not seeing a big bump um, politically in the polls for abortion at this point and for, for the messaging behind it. So um, I think this is really why, because this is just not appealing. It's not attractive, and it, you know it's not compelling. No, it certainly isn't. But I tell you, I, there is something I absolutely do uh, agree with when it comes to the anti-life death cult that is protesting today i do think that they should abstain from sexual relations <laughs> i believe this is a brilliant idea and i wholeheartedly support yeah. it hold that thought dr carrie grass is our guest the anti mary exposed her book is uh on published by tan you can find it at uh, theologyofthehome.com as well the anti mary exposed rescuing the culture from toxic femininity i want to talk about the image and likeness of god and the attack on that specifically and the beauty of Our Lady and its intent coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Just have a drive time. We'll be right back. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Dr. Carrie Gress is our guest. She's the author of a book called The Anti-Mary Exposed. Great book. Highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, welcome back to the show, Dr. Gress. You know, I want to talk about the image. Um, you've talked about this and in your book and in your conversations. You know, I, I, if you look at all of the, the crazy in our world today, which is getting worse. People are seemingly attacking the image of God by doing crazy things to themselves. The piercings, facial tattoos, the colors, the, you know, just everything. Uh, it just seems like a, it's an attack on the image of God, which is implanted and stamped into our very beings. And when it comes to uh, women in particular, God gifted women with beauty. And that beauty has a design and an intent. And we see that specifically in Our Lady. And I would like you to, to, to touch on that and talk about that from, a, from an anti-feminist perspective. <laughs> not that you have Yeah, one. I think... <laughs> not exactly. That's why I'm on. Um, no, I think it's a fascinating question because, of course, um, you know, in my research in my book, The Marian Option... One of the things that I discovered was that every apparitionist said to you know to one that um, Our Lady was the most beautiful woman they had ever seen, and so her beauty isn't accidental. In fact, um, Saint Therese said um, after she saw Our Lady had an apparition of her as a young girl um, that you would want to die just to see her again um, because she was so beautiful. Wow. Um, so that's not there's a reason for that, um, and part of it is to reveal God's beauty, but also women have a very unique calling to to raise everybody up to bring people higher to show them the love of God in a very unique, special, and, and merciful way. Um, so that's an important aspect of it, I think, that we've forgotten. And of course, women have this longing for beauty. If you look at all the amount of money that's spent on cosmetics and clothing, and you know, all of this isn't just vanity, but it's an, an, an kind of an inborn desire um, to actually be beautiful for the very reasons that Our Lady is beautiful. Um, obviously, it's been highly distorted, and uh, you know people can reject it and abuse it and whatnot. We see plenty of that going on in the world, um, but it's it's there for a reason. And I think that that's one of the things that we we as women need to really rediscover is why do I have this drive to to be beautiful, and what's behind it, and what how do I respond to that in a way that's more like Our Lady instead of um, you know something that we have to re- hate or or reject. How do we add twist that desire? You know, Carrie Gress, uh, we know so many people piggyback off of what you just said there. A lot of women in this 
and the culture today have recognized that feminism has not been the great saving grace that they thought it was going to be. But right. the problem that they're that they're finding is that they are basically fabricating a femininity because it was never it was never shown to them. They were never taught how yeah. to be authentically feminine. They were taught how to be a feminist instead. And so they're trying to fabricate these what you might say traditions and these mm-hmm. womanly things and it seems comes off as fabricated. So what would your advice be mm-hmm. to a lady who recognizes this and realizes, like, oh, my goodness, I've been caught up in this, and now I don't know how to move forward. Yeah. No, and that's something I think about all the time, and one of the reasons why I, um, Noah Maring and I have written the books, Theology of Home um, 1 and 2. 3 is actually coming out next week. Um, But Theology of Home 2 addresses that specifically, where we talk a lot about just what it does it mean to be a woman, and how do we start... Um, you know, filling up our imagination again with what that means, because a lot of us didn't have the role models that, are, you know, where you learn that. And women are very, very, um, we're very affected by the people around us and by fashions. And, we, you know, we think that's a good thing when it comes to clothing, but we think it's a bad thing when it comes to ideas. But it, it happens across the board, and we don't really realize what we're absorbing through osmosis. And so the, the real key is to find... Um, you know, figure out what those traits look like, figure out what it looks like in, in a woman who is gracious and loving and humble, um, you know, instead of someone who's angry and, and bitter. Um, you know, how do we kind of model our lives in a in a different way? Um, and so that's one of the things, actually, that in Theology of Home too, the um, spiritual art of homemaking, Noel and I went into pretty deeply in terms of how do we start thinking about what it means to be a woman in a way that's not creepy or weird or... or you know, odd, because I think a lot of times, like you said, it comes off as being either very saccharine or um, or fake or, or there's something that doesn't feel like it's been integrated proper, properly into the women that are, are doing it. Now, there's certainly an element of, of, you know, fake it until you make it that I think is important, too, because the alternatives are even worse. So, um, yeah, I think we have some real challenges, and um, Noelle and I are actually working on a project right now just to help women, you know, who feel like they need to recover from feminism because mm. there aren't resources out there to help us start thinking about what womanhood is without this context of, of um, you know, really idolizing the masculine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing that. I, I always enjoy seeing your publications. You know, they're so beautifully designed and uh, there's a lot of care that goes into that. I suggest, uh, dear listener, to check out uh, Dr. Gress's work, uh, for sure. Theology of the Home, one, two, and three coming up next week. Uh, Dr. Gress, I have a question, um, you know, regarding something you mentioned uh, before the break. You were talking about, uh, you know, people don't really have the the, the communication skills they that maybe they had, I don't know, 50, 100 years ago. There's not, there seems to be that there's not a lot of dialogue in regard to, uh, you know, feminists and uh, people who are more traditional. Um, in your experience, have you ever had any discussions with, with people that were productive? And uh, what, what sort of advice would you give our, our listener uh, for, for conversations that, uh, that touch on this very hot-button issue? You mean that we're productive in terms of helping change people's minds? Yes, or, um, or at the very least yeah. to have a, a decent conversation about it. Yeah, I think the first thing is just to really be aware of what's going on and the way that we've been brainwashed. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I always come back to is just looking at how unhappy women are. And those statistics are really 
they're very easy to find. You know, just that the, the movement has not been good for women as a whole. We've, you know, everything from um, divorce, suicide, drug abuse, substance mm. abuse, all of those things have really gone through the roof and sort of asking the question, well, if feminism is actually working for us, why are we seeing these things increase instead of decrease? Um, you know, the, the, the typical answer is, well, we haven't, and feminism hasn't taken over sufficiently yet, but right. um, I don't think that that argument holds anymore. I think you also look at a lot of women, and more, women, more, more and more women are speaking up. I'm hearing from them regularly. Um, but women who have lived the feminist um, agenda, and then they get to their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're like, what have I done? I don't have, my parents have died. I don't have children. I don't have a husband. Mm. I had an amazing career. I've got a full bank account. But what else? You know, I, all the things that I thought were important are not important at this point in my life. And wow. it, how do I, how do I recalibrate my life to have meaning and fulfillment at this stage? So these are some very sad, you know, tragic elements because you can't, you know, the biological clock is done. You can't, shift, mm-hmm. you know, turn that back at that point. So um, I think just looking at at the lies that are there is probably a really important thing to point out. Um, when you're having those conversations about, you know, how much we're pitted against men, how much we're pitted against our children, um, and really what is it for? What is what is the goal? Um, you know, largely to just work and have a bank account. Well, you know, those things are not ultimately fulfilling. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, lo- a lot of ways that we can tackle this. Um, but certainly the, the, an important one is really just to live it out and to, um, you know, start understanding those those gifts that women have in spades that are very downplayed and or really even undercut um, things mm-hmm. like graciousness and compassion and tenderness, kindness. All of those things really speak volumes. Um, certainly, much more than any argument will. I think the devil's gotten a two for one special out of the the, <laughs> the feminist movement here. Uh, the the anti feminist movement, I would say, is probably a better term. Uh, because uh, as women have uh, felt the need to compete directly with men and become more like men, um, men have become emasculated and don't truly understand yeah. what a true masculinity is, and nor do they understand mm-hmm. how to interact with women properly. And, you know, I, I was thinking about an article that I read. Uh, 16, 17 years ago about a feminist who burned her bra back in the, uh, the 70s and was uh, advocating for the uh, free love movement, um, many decades later discovered that women were putting themselves into compromising situations in, ho- in hopes of uh, attracting the attention of men because men weren't giving them attraction, right? They weren't giving mm-hmm. them the attention. And so they would do things that they think that these guys would want and therefore compromise their moral code, put themselves in emotional, psychological damage, and the rest. And the men, So it was like a two-for-one special. The men were addicted to porn. They didn't want real relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a total collapse of family. It's a total collapse of society we're talking about. Yeah. No, and that was the goal from the beginning was really to destroy the family. Uh, it's a, kind of a three for one because of course then if you have a, a pregnancy happens and the baby is killed. So um, everybody's kind of destroyed by it and that's the, the tragedy is um, I think there's a lot of men who just really don't know what to do because the rules keep changing and so right. it's a lot easier to just sort of cave up instead of um, you know trying to engage with a lot of these women who are just you know ugly and vile and vicious. So 
yeah, I think that was one of the things that I was really conscious of in my book was trying not to blame men for everything. I thought, you know, they've been blamed for everything for 50 years. I think we can have one book that doesn't really (laughs) pin everything on them, but actually looks at women's culpability and what it is that we've done to ourselves, um, women doing to other women in terms of of the messaging and and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a a huge problem. Um, I've just read the book, finished reading the book, The Decline of Males by Lionel Tiger. Um, He's a man that came up with the term male bonding. Um, so he knows a little something about men, but um, it's really fascinating to just look at what has happened to men because of this and how it's just changed the whole structure because a lot of them aren't getting the job. You know, they're now competing with the women um, that they potentially could have married um, for jobs, but mm-hmm. they can't get the jobs. because The women are getting the jobs. And so they never get to that point financially where they feel like they can ask someone to marry them. And Anyway, it's just this remarkable um, cycle of things that have really broken down the family in so many different ways that, um, you know, thank God we've got God and Our Lady to help us and the Church to help us figure these things out because I think otherwise, um, you know, it's certainly a situation that we could despair of because it's it's so complicated and the messaging is just so powerful and the lies have, are, are so deep in the hearts of so many at this stage. I guess there's no uh, no wonder why then the war over the next generation is so fervent and so hot right now. I mean, uh, we're seeing people push back all across this country on uh, perversities in the education system and entertainment and more. I mean, Disney stocks are plummeting, and I think the yeah. average person, the average family are like, we don't want this. Okay, We don't want this yeah. stuff anymore. But uh, College U.S., crazy times we live in. Prayer, fasting, and penance is always the answer. Praise be to God. And Dr. Right. Kerry Gress, The Anti-Mary Exposed, great book. I encourage everyone to check it out. Thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love Thank you. Have you. a great day. You can find her book at theologyofhome.com. Theologyofhome.com. That's going to do it for hour number one. Can you join us in the second hour? We'd love to have you. Hang out with us if you can. We're going to have uh, Dave Palmer on. We're going to have our game show prizes and more. You can hang out at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you Monday. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Herning. Over the past year, many dioceses have given Catholics a dispensation from attending Mass because of the pandemic. 
This has led to a certain amount of confusion regarding the importance of the Lord's Day. The Catechism tells us the institution of the Lord's Day helps everyone enjoy rest and leisure to cultivate their familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. So celebrating Sunday isn't merely a time for us to go to Mass, though that is the most important thing you can do that day. But the Church tells us to also invest in our familial life. Spend time with your kids, play games, watch a family movie, or take a day trip. Develop your cultural life by visiting a museum or attending a festival or going hiking together. Cultivate your social life by having other families over, spending time in service of others. Let's use the Lord's Day to be refreshed and renewed as a family through prayer and cultivating true leisure. For more ideas on developing your family culture, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Hi, I'm Megan. You're listening to AM 1430, KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Dr. Kerry Gress, great conversation. The Anti-Mary Exposed. You should get that book if you haven't read it already. It's not even that big, actually. It's kind of like an easy reader. Uh, you know, like my wife yesterday got me a book on on the liturgy, on the sur- nothing superfluous. <laughs> but it's like eight inches thick. Good grief. My mind is like cramping up just thinking about plowing through. I got the attention span of a gnat. Like it's, it's all good, footnotes. It's going to take me forever to get through this book. <laughs> well, but the good thing about that book yeah. is that you got the new edition. Uh, yes. And my edition is the exact same, uh-huh. except mm-hmm. the text is tiny. Yeah. So yours I got the, the old same amount, but it's like yeah, Adrian has the Samorum Pontificum edition. Yeah. Pontificum. I got the old man version <laughs> with big font. Praise be to God. Nice. You know, it's so big it has two forwards. Wow. And That's an introduction. Right. By who? And an acknowledgement. Good like, forward. Like, you know, you're you're three chapters in before the book even begins. Do you read those? I usually skip those. I usually skip. I'm like, those. Ah, who cares? Yeah. I already know what I'm reading. Yeah. And it, okay, just between us, since it's just just us here, some a lot of times I will read like the first page of a chapter and the last page of a chapter. Oh. Because you know people tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. In the first. And to summarize. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then if it really interests me, I'll read the whole chapter. Right. You know, I'll go fill in the middle. That's uh, smart. But otherwise, how else do you plow through a, a huge book? I mean, like, <laughs> we got jobs here, people. We ain't got right. time for this. Jobs, the family. Is very much <laughs> worth the read. It I is a good book. Say. I it's agree. An excellent book. Yes. It's by Father Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Nothing Superfluous. Nothing it was superfluous. the first book I ever read on the traditional mass. Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away. Yeah. So, m- very much recommend. Yeah. Superfluous. Whatever happened to Father Jackson? No oh, updates. Huh? Yeah, we're waiting on an yeah, update on his still story. Don't mm. Still don't know. Hey, speaking of still don't know, uh, Dave Palmer's coming up here in a minute. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, host of the, it's a joke, I'm teasing. Uh, host of the Back to the Father. We're going to be talking to him in a moment. So, but this, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. I forgot. I got uh, distracted yesterday with the worst day on the calendar, and uh, <laughs> failed to failed to send you our CDT Insider email for the week. But the bright side to my elderly moment 
was that now I can send it to you today, and I can include uh, Mr. Rudy Carlos's Memory Hold video, which is a new series he's been putting out the last two, three weeks, three weeks? Now? Yeah, about a month now. About a month now? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he, he goes back through the week, and the stories that are probably like vapor in the wind that you've already, just, what happened there? You know, so it's a great, Dust great produced video. Wind. Yeah, so you'll you'll have that done. We get off the air. What about eight o'clock central? So eight thirty. Yeah. That should be ready to go. Oh yeah. You know what? Nine, I already have it filmed. So nine thirty. You can have it. I got nine thirty. No can I got ten? Can I get ten now? Ten. Well, speaking of ten, it takes ten takes for me to get through. <laughs> ten so. takes. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> it's a virus. Though. We can't afford to have. We should. We're gonna. We're gonna have to socially distance if that continues. We can. We can't be doing multiple takes. Of things. All right. But yeah. uh, at any rate, I You'll I will schedule the email to go out. Today, which is generally not great to put an email out on Fridays, but nonetheless, I will send it to you today. I will include not only the podcast from Adrian Fonseca on on beer drinking, yeah, yeah, from a Catholic perspective, but also the memory hold video from Rudy, and I'll hopefully have a gem for you as well. So uh, be prepared for the CDT Insider email. And at this time, I mean it. Uh, but joining <laughs> joining us now via Zoom chat is the uh, the alleged teacher of Thomas Aquinas, uh, Dave Palmer. Good morning to you, Dave. I thought it was purported. Purported to, purported to be teaching. Uh, <laughs> is, i, I got to come up I, with a tagline. Purported to be I elected. Pur- I purport, yes. <laughs> So-called. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Dave. How are you? And uh, I'm doing all right. Good morning to you. Appreciate Good to hear you guys, guys kind of chatting amongst yourselves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I always enjoy the crosstalk. It's very fun in the morning. Amen to that. Nice. What's on your uh, uh, radar today for Back to the Father? Well, I got to admit, Joe, uh, my topic today is uh, chosen interestingly. I've been invited tomorrow to speak to a local lay Dominican group. Hey, uh, on they purpose? Said, hey, Intentionally? Uh, or? Yeah, they, they like, said, you come purport to us. Uh, we've been listening to CDT. We want you to purport for about an hour. But yeah, so they said, yeah, come talk to us about a topic. And I said, well, what do you, what do you want me to talk about? They said, we want you to talk about the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Right. So being a time management kind of guy that I am, I mm. thought, well, why not have the topic of back to the father be the same as what I'm going to talk tomorrow to the lay Dominicans. And so the topic today on the show is uh, the Holy Spirit, which is a, a fascinating topic. Remember, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Jesus and I said, I thought that the Holy Trinity was actually easier to understand than the incarnation. You know, yeah. and, and I do believe that's true. So we'll talk about the third person of the Blessed Trinity today. You know, it's interesting because I've had several conversations over the course of my Catholic life for the past 20 plus years uh, where people will say, you know, I, it's hard to relate to the Holy Trinity, or to, mm. specifically to the Holy Ghost, right? It's hard to have a uh, conversation with the Holy Ghost. It's like, how do you pray? And I, I think people feel very awkward when it comes to the Holy Ghost. Would you say that's your experience? Uh, I think so, because they haven't been reading enough of the Summa Theologian. Oh, that, that's I see. The, the, the principal reason. Yeah. Uh, the, t- t- you know, normally when we think of the, the Holy Ghost, we think of the, the dove or water or yeah. fire or wind. You yeah. know, and these are all symbols of, of the Holy Ghost. And that's fine. They tell us something uh, about the, the Holy Ghost, right? And uh, interestingly, people are kind of creeped out by ghosts, typically. And, and so, but that's because 
a, a ghost is basically a separated soul, right? And we don't, it's not natural for a, bo- a soul and a body to be separated. That's why corpses and ghosts are creepy because they, they, they're not natural. They're supposed to be together. Uh, but of course, the Holy Ghost is never supposed to be attached to a body, so there's nothing creepy about the Holy Ghost. Uh, Thomas gives it two names in the Summa, uh, love and gift. And so one of the points I make is that Everybody knows love. We've all experienced love. Uh, if, if nothing else, the, the passion of like loving a pizza, like we talked about last week. No, no, no. Uh, yes, I'm going to reignite the pizza With uh, controversy. And uh, also gift. gifts. I mean, we all know about gifts. Think of Christmas morning, running down the tree. You see all these gifts and under the tree, and it's exciting. So my whole point today and what I'll be talking about is relating to the Holy Ghost as love and gift and also the inner workings of the Blessed Trinity, uh, the relations between the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost within the Trinity, which is pretty fascinating itself. Mm. Do, you, do you have recommendations for... For folks that feel uh, a bit awkward when it comes to uh, sort of fostering a relationship with the Holy Ghost? Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, of course... Prayer is always the the top thing, and of course Jesus, you know, came and he said, "When I leave, uh, you know, the 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 Holy Ghost will be sent." And so, uh, the the Holy Ghost is present, and uh, we receive uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit at, at confirmation. So, really, it, uh, you know, I, I was actually, Joe, if I may. Um, uh, I was I was actually speaking at a, a confirmation retreat recently, and uh, the, a guy who is a campus minister at a local university was speaking, and he said, "You know, when we're baptized, we are are given the you know the theological virtues, and we're given all these gifts." And then he says, "What what what happens different at?" confirmation i mean what what's what, what's you know what, what what do we get additionally a confirmation and he had this this bowl of water and then he had a basin in it and so he said at baptism we the, the water is like filled up and then he took a pitcher and he said at confirmation we get more and it spills over and mm-hmm. so the whole point is is that confirmation when we get the gifts of the holy spirit the whole point is we now have an overflowing that we should bless others with. We should take those gifts and not keep them for ourselves, but give. So, you know, people say that you know, we, we come to know ourselves by giving of ourselves. So I think the more we love and the more we make a gift of ourselves, the more we're going to come to understand the Holy Ghost. Are you saying confirmation is just not Catholic graduation? And we can just move on now. <laughs> you're well, saying there's nothing more yeah, to it yeah. than that? It's also the end of, the, of the, your, your education. After confirmation, you mm. no longer have to do oh, anything else. Well, you're pretty much done. Okay? Yeah. I think that's in the catechism. I'm sure Adrian probably knows where that is in the catechism. It's in there someplace. Yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's right past the end. You just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> it's uh, in the foreword, but you guys didn't read it. Are you kidding? Actually, I did read the intro by JP2 in, the, in his catechism. I did read that actually. Uh, uh, let me let me okay. let me change subjects on you a little bit here. Um, you have an event coming up in North Texas in the Guadalupe Radio Network, the Summer Speaker Series. What is that event about? That is uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland coming in July 21st, two weeks from yesterday, Thursday evening. It's going to be at the Frontiers Flight Museum and the uh, Summer Speaker Series event. And his talk, it's, it's interesting. This has been a little bit controversial. I've heard some people on social media say, engaging in battle. That's, that's the title. Why are we engaging in battle? And yeah. I think if we understand spiritual warfare, we know exactly what that means. 
so he'll be speaking, and we're going to have great food and some tasty wine and fellowship, and we expect hundreds and hundreds of people to be there, and tickets are on sale at summerspeakerseries.com. It should be a great event. You know, it's funny, Dave, that you mention uh, that the topic is preparing for battle, right? Because what does the what does confirmation do for us but prepare us for the battle, right? It makes us a full member of the church militant, the church here on earth, fighting for souls, fighting for our own soul primarily. And it's uh, very interesting, you know, how the, when in confirmation they used to, the bishop used to slap the, the confirmandi in order to let them know, hey, you need to uh, pony up and get ready because you're going to be uh, fighting for Christ the King. So I thought things very interesting, very good connection between the Holy Ghost there. You know, yeah, uh, it's, it's you ever hear the story about Steve Ray when he was asked to be the confirmation yeah, sponsor of that young yeah, man? Do you yeah. know that story, Joe? I, I do. I do know that yeah, story. Yeah, he, yeah. You tell yeah, real, real, real quickly, is with the permission of the parents, Steve Ray, early one morning, they said, oh, you know, he's going to be the sponsor of, of this young man, I presume probably 14 years old or so. He, uh, with the permission of the parents, he dresses up in armor gear <laughs> and he shows up at <laughs> like hilarious. six o'clock one morning before the kid wakes up and he goes in there and turns on the light and he's like are you ready for battle and the kid is waking up <laughs> the whole point is what what you're saying adrian is you know it's 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 time to to, to be a, a big boy a big man now and defend your faith and so yeah. uh, as only steve ray could do but yeah you know that you knew that story right Joe? yeah well the, the version that i heard was he he hid in a bush and as they were going to the car to take take the kid to school, he jumps out of the bush and puts a sword to the kid and says, are you prepared to die for Jesus? And listen, once Steve got out of prison, I think it all worked out in fine. I think I'm going to do that with my daughter. I'm going to kidnap her. And be like, I like are you your version the better. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I, I, think, I think your version's right. Uh, it's kind of like the telephone game. The more times people hear it, the, right. the story changes. Exactly. I think yours is right. Yeah. I, I remember it differently, and I just heard it twice. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just thinking about uh, the Ready for battle and the critiques that you've received on that back many days many moons ago when i worked for a different apostolate i uh was hosting a conference called the culture war and we had people that did not like that they were like why you're pitting the church against the culture well yeah because the church is against the culture the church is trying to convert the culture transform the culture not just be friends with the culture why do you think so many uh catholics are just want to go along to get along they they just want to be friends with the world they don't want to transform it yeah i think i think they want to say you know are you trying to start a new crusade uh, you know you go attack people yes. and yes uh, you know, like you say it's, they don't understand they don't understand the the, the spiritual battle that's going on right that the, the, the the battle is not against flesh and blood it's against you know principalities and as uh, saint paul says and so yeah they it's just a lack of understanding of what the the christian life is all about but I would, uh, when you say also, with only seconds on the clock now, would you say also that it's uh, not an understanding of what the gift of confirmation truly is from the Holy Ghost? That we were made for battle. We are made to be martyrs, to be witnesses, even unto death if necessary, uh, for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. We seem to miss that component. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like Jesus dying on a cross. That is so, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Why would the God of the world voluntarily allow himself to die on the cross? But that's mm-hmm. what we're asked to do. And sacrifice is difficult, and the Christian life is difficult. And we're called to go out there and say, but this is the one path to salvation, and we propose it to you, and it's not always popular. So, yeah, so we, we've, like you say, we were trying to change the culture and not fit in with it. Well, there you go, folks. Dave Palmer, our friend from North Texas, the Guadalupe Radio Network, and the host of Back to the Father, where he allegedly teaches what Thomas Aquinas says and teaches. And you can tune into that, 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern, across the GRN social platforms. Look for him on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Just search for GRN online. I highly encourage you to do so. It's fantastic. Dave, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Joe. All right, Fear and Trembling is up next. The game show and prizes are at stake. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that Catholic theology is too dogmatic? That the faith should be freer, more liberal? Well, G.K. Chesterton says there will be no end to the weary debates about liberalizing theology until people face the fact that the only liberal part of it is really the dogmatic part. Their problem, he says, is not that there's not enough freedom in the dogma, but rather too much. The dogma gives man too much freedom when it permits him to actually be responsible for his sins. The dogma gives God too much freedom when it permits him to suffer and die. The dogma gives the church too much freedom when it gives it authority. It's not the doctrines that limit us. It is the denial of them. It's only the truth that makes us free. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D. And so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. Right now, the phone lines are wide open, and your chance to win the prize pack, which will be given out today here in just a few minutes, is pretty awesome. So call right now, 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 
9424 is the phone number. And uh, here's the deal. There are some things we like to do on the down low, but you have to keep it secret. Number one, we like to teach the faith, and we look for teachable moments in the questions where you could learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Number two, we like to have a laugh with our callers. And when you call in at 877-757-9424, I promise we're going to have a good time. And it's easy. Uh, 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. But here's the, the real trick is we give out prizes, which makes us a winner for everybody involved. But we have three Catholic trivia questions, and the kicker is we don't ask the caller the question. So they don't need to know any of the correct answers and could win the game. Uh, but what you do need to do is pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant. And uh, I will ask Rudy. I will ask Adrian. One of them will have a correct answer. The other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what can they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Catholic Printing Press. And, you know, I've been thinking about this. When was the last time we invested in an heirloom? When was the last time we we bought something that we were going to intend to pass down? Mm. Nah, probably we haven't done it in a while, right? Yeah. And on this side of the veil, we can't yeah. truly know the power that a prayer card can have on our soul. I thought about that, too. You know, I, things change your life like that. Mm -hmm. Catholic mm -hmm. Printing Press is on a journey to recover and to restore the and reproduce actually the forgotten holy cards of the past contemplative age of the church they make some really beautiful heirloom quality That's prayer awesome. cards if you want to get some for yourself you can go to catholicprintingpress.com but they've sponsored our game show this week with a couple of different prayer cards one of them is made out of lace Praise be to and God. also some stationery. So I love that. Really excited to give away this prize today. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I think you're going to love it. You know, we have some cool uh, prayer cards that uh, very intricate, very ornate, that were made specifically for when a priest is ordained mm -hmm. to the priesthood. Those those are awesome things to pass down as well. Uh, but so thank you very much, CatholicPrintingPress.com, for giving us something like a beautiful prize pack to give away to our callers this week, and we're going to do that here in just a moment. Let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Matthew. Yes. Good morning. Hey, thanks for being on the show with us. Do us a favor. Turn down your radio because we're getting some feedback. I'm hearing my own voice there, and I want to hear your voice, not mine. Uh, but where are you calling from, Matthew? I'm calling from Denton. Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, I used to live up in the beautiful metropolis of Denton, Texas. We like back in 1995-ish. Uh, so way back in the day, a big school up there, North Texas. Um, where do you go to church, Matthew? I go to Our Lady of Lebanon Maronite Rite. Hey, that's wonderful. Praise be to God. And uh, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the rules work here, Matthew? Uh, yes, sir. It's a fun game. All right. So then, then you're fully aware that uh, I'm on your side, and where it's really just us against them. You're you're aware of that, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You could trust me. Some Don't would say. Extra. Some would say. Now I will have to say though that Adrian uh, is uh, always wearing a tie, but Rudy today is is sporting maroon, not the colors of North Texas University. Hmm. So take that into consideration, Matthew. All right. Are you ready to play, well, sir? As an Aggie, maroon is a good thing. Ah, Gagum. Mm. Gagum. Gagum? 
Praise Is be that what you say? Gig'em? Gig'em, yeah. Gig'em Aggies. Gig'em Aggies. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition, our church-approved uh, tr- traditions and patrimony here. For now. Team Rudy, good morning. For now. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, did you know you were supporting Texas a today with your tie? Was that uh, intentional? Yeah, I did it on purpose. I've never seen a burnt orange tie on you. A burnt orange that tie? That would be UT. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, orange is not my color. <laughs> not your so. color. Okay. <laughs> well, good morning. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm noticing a little uh, not so confident there. Are you sure? I was paid to say that. Okay. <laughs> well, here's, an, here's a question you should get right. I mean, yeah. if you don't get this one right... There could be trouble at the house. <sighs> the wife may not appreciate if you don't get this correct. Okay. So no pressure, but right. can you tell me who is Ireland's patron saint? Ah, uh, Ireland, the great green jewel. Mm. Patron saint? Yeah. Saint Thatcher. Thatcher, you say? Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that where they got the name for the house? Uh, the roofs? Uh, no. Thatch roofs? Uh, no, no. Well, maybe. Okay. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. She was a, a very uh, great saint. Really? Wow. Okay. Was her first name Margaret? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Um, Adrian, you're Irish, right? Can you tell me? I look Irish. Who that's for sure. is Ireland's patron saint? Yes. Ireland's patron saint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to be a shocker to most people. Is it? They've probably never heard of the saint before. No? No. No. It's very, very rare that people have heard of the saint. Okay. And that would be St. Patrick. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Very unknown. Come on, Patrick. That, Come on. That guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Okay. Interesting. A treat. Well, Matthew, uh, from Denton, Texas, you got options. Adrian says Ireland's patron saint is St. Patrick, but uh, Rudy says it's St. Thatcher. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Matthew, what say Adrian. you? Adrian for history. Adrian. <laughs> well done. It is, in fact, St. Patrick, and I don't think Margaret Thatcher was a saint, just so you know. Yeah, what? pretty sure not a saint. Yeah, just just don't say that yeah. in the northern part of Ireland. They probably don't, don't ever that. say that out loud. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> Matthew. You're in. Uh, this next one, though, uh, fair warning, this could be the hardest question of the day. Oof. This, yeah, looking at it, mm-hmm. oof. Yep. This is the definitely the easiest question we've ever had. What? Yep. No. Easily easy the hardest. No problems here. Hardly the easiest. No curveballs. No curveballs. Zero. Here. Hashtag no curveballs. All right, Matthew, here we go. We're going to go to Adrian first. Adrian. That's me. I'm glad we got that covered. But can you tell me, what is the name given to the mitre adorned with a triple crown mm. and worn, or at least it used to be, mm. by the Pope? Oh, Oh wow! Yes, no. Maybe it may sound shocking to people, uh-huh. but it's called a tiara. Tiara, really? That like it, feminine, like as in Disney's Frozen. It, not like Disney's Frozen. It's very different, in fact. Okay, um, but it's a tiara. But it's called a tiara, like my my young daughters wear. I also would say probably not like your daughter's wearing. No. I mean, I've never okay. seen the one your daughter wears, but I doubt it. Okay. But TR is your answer. TR is my Got answer. Got it. Rudy, can you tell me what is the name given to the mitre adorned with a triple crown and worn, or at least used to be, by the Pope? Yes, it inspired a movie called Coneheads. And, really? Uh, yeah, it's called a bonus conus pontificus. A bonus conus 
Pontificus. Sounds very formal. Uh, yes. Matthew, uh, hopefully you're an expert at this because you got uh, options here. Rudy says it's called a bonus conus pontificus. Adrian just says it's a tiara. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Matthew and Denton, what say you? Uh, uh, Adrian for two. Very confident. <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> I know, Matthew is just too smart. I apologize that you have to admit he's correct publicly, but uh, what what else? Clearly, Matthew has a full head of hair. He's a very handsome man, brilliant, excellent at everything he does. It's very obvious. It's very obvious. Exudes masculinity. Uh Yes, it's super obvious. Matthew, you you got everything going for you. Leadership. Tiara is the correct answer, unfortunately. Was it Jay? John the 23rd was the last one? I think. Uh, anyway, here's third question. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? Oh, this is another one of those. I dislike these these questions. Mm. Can you complete for me the third beatitude? Okay. Blessed are they who... Uh, blessed are they that mourn... Fill in the blank. For they shall be comforted. Except for my daughter, uh-huh. who does not take comfort from her father... Only while, her mother. While mourning. While mourning. You, you, you're chopped <laughs> she liver, mourns. Bro. Yeah. This is what she moms mourns are made when I for, not dads. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. Welcome to it. The good news is by the time she's sixteen she'll come around. Great. Yeah. I think I could wait that long. <laughs> Adrian. Great. Adrian, can you complete this for me? The third beatitude. Blessed are they that mourn. Yes. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall receive a spa day. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that sounds lovely. Matthew, is it for they shall receive a spa day, as Adrian says, or they shall be comforted, as Rudy says? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Matthew and Denton, what say you? Well, we got to go for the Ags. It's Rudy. Got to. Just got to. Aggies. It's <laughs> yeah. the maroon. It's the maroon. Perfect yeah. score, Sponsored Matthew. by. Yeah. Yeah, for they yeah. shall be comforted is the correct answer. All right. We gotta right. pull a winner, Matthew. It might be God's holy rule that you should win. You're in for three. It's I possible. Have it. I have it. Yes. And okay. I'm bringing it up to my forehead, uh-huh. and it's Nancy. Nancy. Woo! Well, Matthew, I'm, you were nice. fun, but it wasn't God's will that you should win today. I'm sorry. Not to worry, guys. That mass is at 7:30, so we'll see ya. Praise, praise be to God. God bless Have you, Matthew. Day, Matthew. Enjoy your Mass, and thanks for calling in. Hey, that is going to do it for the radio side for the whole week. We enjoyed our conversations. Hopefully you did as well. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'd be super grateful to you. But if you would like to comment, interact directly about the co- the topics we've discussed, discussed today, if I can maybe get some more coffee, I can learn to speak English, please hang out with us and comment live on our social feeds. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash C. DT for the live video and the links. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. 
from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Friday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, Alleluia, praise the everlasting King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. And brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy, for on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Hosea. Thus says the Lord, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. You have collapsed through your guilt. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all iniquity, and receive what is good, that we may render as offerings the bullocks from our stalls. Assyria will not save us, nor shall we have horses to mount. We shall say no more, our God, to the work of our hands, for in you the orphan finds compassion. I will heal their defection, says the Lord. I will love them freely, for my wrath is turned away from them. I will be like the dew for Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike root like the Lebanon cedar and put forth his shoots. 
His splendor shall be like the olive tree, and his fragrance like the Lebanon cedar. Again they shall dwell in his shade and raise grain. They shall blossom like the vine, and his fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more has he to do with idols? I have humbled him, but I will prosper him. I am like a verdant cypress tree. Because of me you bear fruit. Let him who is wise understand these things. Let him who is prudent know them. Straight are the paths of the Lord. In them the just walk, but sinners stumble in them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My mouth will declare your praise. My mouth will declare your praise. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. My mouth will declare your praise. Behold, you are pleased with sincerity of heart, and in my inmost being you teach me wisdom. Cleanse me of sin with hyssop, that I may be purified. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. My mouth will proclaim your praise. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. My mouth will proclaim your praise. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. My mouth will proclaim your praise. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you to all truth and remind you of all I told you. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake, as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen. I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing in that first reading, the book of the prophet Hosea. And Hosea, as you might remember, was not a prophet. He did not come from a guild of prophets. He was a dresser of sycamores. And yet God had called him 
from the south to go to proclaim to Israel that they needed to repent. So he went from, he was from the south and he went to the north. And he had a very important message to repent. But one of the beautiful things about Hosea is that he often uses imagery of a father taking care of his child or of a bride or a spouse in relationship to God, which was something quite, quite new, but extremely, extremely beautiful. And in this reading that we have today, he says something, uh, he says, take, return to the Lord, take with you words and return to the Lord. What words are we to take to return to the Lord? What words are we to bring with us? I think it was once said that uh, the truths that are easiest to speak have the deepest meaning. It is the simple truths that really have the most profound, end up having the most profound effect on us. But it is, of course, through the work of the Holy Spirit that that happens deep in our hearts. Today, it's, it's a bit of a commonplace to hear somebody say something like, I need you to speak truth in this particular situation, in X, or in this difficulty, to speak truth. Sometimes that word that is spoken or given, it will hurt. Sometimes that word is it's a double-edged sword. It cuts, but it also heals at the same time. If we're really going to take with us words to return to the Lord, and we're going to realize that those words are going to sting sometimes. because But they help us to live in the truth, in the reality of who we are. That we truly are sons and daughters of God. That God cares for us as, as, a, as a dear child. That he loves us as, as, as a dear, as a spouse. As somebody who is, he is drawn close to with cords of love. But oftentimes we block that. That the very simple word or simple truth. I remember one time I was opening up a book. It was on the 30-day retreat of St. Ignatius. It was by Father Tetlow. And he begins by, by outlining that 30-day retreat by saying, uh, we often tend to look at our relationship with God in the categories of sin and redemption. But Ignatius proposes that over, and of course over the 30 days, uh, that we would uh, learn to look at our relationship with God from the, from the point of view of creation and salvation. And the difference is, is that creation and salvation are God's initiative. Sin begins with us and how I need to somehow get back to God. But only then when we realize through creation and salvation that God has already done 90% of the work. He has already come. He created us out of love. And he saved us because he loved us. He came because he wanted to bring us into communion with him. It's God's initiative. And when we started to put on those sort of God glasses, if I could put it that way, then the words that we take with us are the simplest words. God loves me. How many times have we heard that in a homily? And yet one time, one Sunday, we go to Mass, and all of a sudden, I, yes, I say, yes, that's true. I've been hearing this for the last 25, 40, 50 years of my life, and now I know that that is true. Because that word has spoken, that truth has been spoken into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We all have within us these kind of irrational beliefs. I call them sort of dark corners where we have skeletons in the cupboard. <laughs> Places that we don't like the light to be shown. When that word of truth is spoken in that darkness, uh, then those skeletons are, are exposed and, and we feel a bit uh, raw and a bit naked. But that light of truth, when, when spoken there in those irrational beliefs, 
that I am infinitely loved by God, that nothing can change that, and that truly begins to resonate in my heart, then my whole life begins to change. I recognize that God created me in his goodness. He loves me in his goodness, and he saved me because he loved me. That is the words that we are to take with us. What happens, well, when ha what happens is what, I, what Hosea says in the rest of that reading, we begin to blossom like the lily. We strike root in like a cedar of Lebanon and put forth shoots. The splendor shall be like the olive tree and its fragrance like the Lebanon cedar, so on and so forth, that we become fruitful in our life. We turn to the gospel, the words that we are to take with us, well, they need to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. We will be drawn and we will be taken before kings and, and rulers and governors, and we are not to be worried about what we are to say. The Holy Spirit will give us. The Spirit, he says, of your Father, that's our Father, will give us what we are to say. If we need an example, look at somebody like St. Joan of Arc or St. Thomas More. In, in that moment, they had, God inspired them to speak a very simple word. And that word, that simple truth, spoke more volumes than if they tried to give some kind of treatise about what they, what they believed or, or of the faith. Simple simplicity. Let us take with us, brothers and sisters, words. Words that, that penetrate deep into our hearts, that transform us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Always relying on the Holy Spirit and His inspiration to touch deep, the, deep, the depths of our, whole, our hearts and souls. Let's stand out and bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his intentions for this month of July, especially we remember the elderly and their needs, the, the wisdom that they bring to our world. Let us pray to the Lord may raise up great disciples and evangelizers to bring the truth to all in need. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for governors and rulers that they would listen diligently to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit in their deliberations and decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all those who are in need, for all of us, for the suffering church, for all those who are in need of God's healing touch and his mercy, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio for their intentions, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray too for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association. We pray for all, the, for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory. They may rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear our prayers, grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. Come Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and in our hearts take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid, to fill the hearts which Thou hast made, to fill the hearts which Thou hast made. O Comforter, to Thee we cry, 
Thou heavenly gift of God most high, Thou font of life and fire of love, and sweet anointing from above, and sweet anointing from above. Pray to the Beloved, and my sacrifice in yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May this oblation dedicated to your name purify us, O Lord, and day by day bring our conduct closer to the life of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabbat, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. The sufferings are the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed the man who seeks refuge in him. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Angelicus, fit panis hominum, dat panis celicus, ficuris terminum, ores mirabilis, manducatominum, by such great gifts, we may gain the prize of salvation and never cease to praise you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, most holy, immaculate Virgin Mary, you are the mother of God himself. You are
prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Leon Fontana from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. You're listening to KSHJ Houston AM 1430. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 